0: Hello, my beautiful butterflies. Today is a very special day because I'm actually bringing on my personal hypnotherapist and dear, dear friend, Leo Max. He is a subconscious guide for deep transformations. And we really get into the thick of it today, starting with what the heck is shadow work. You may have heard people talk about it, you may not. If it's new, it is definitely an instrumental piece in. manifestation process. I don't really feel like shadow work is as sexy. Maybe it's not talked about as much, but it's the most important. So we get into what is shadow work, inner child healing, and how to ultimately unlock the magic within us, tapping into our intuitive gifts, And we also really go into the interweavings of intrusive thoughts or anxious thoughts and how to really put our mind at ease once and for all. So there is so much juicy, juicy goodness. As Leo says, astral tea. You guys will get into Leo's tea party and what that means. It's all here. Without further ado, I would like to present to you Leo Max, let's go, baby. You guys, the one, the only Leo Max coming from Bali, looking like an archangel, truly. You are <laughs> glowing. Oh my gosh. I'm <laughs> tell us, how is it? When did you move? How did you end up there? I didn't coming know any in hot, of
1: this. coming in hot. Yeah, it was sneaky. You know, I make moves under the radar. Then I'm like, <laughs> I'm here. This is what I'm doing now.
0: Like Like someone
1: else I know a little bit. (laughs) I do. I do that too. I'm
0: like, Like,
1: it's like some other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like to arrive and then let people know because we know anything can happen on the journey. It's like you've set your course and it's like, I'm not telling people until my feet are on soil because if this could go any direction, but I was living in Austin the last two years And I always knew it was temporary, building my business, building my inner world, being in my personal devotion, just working on my craft and working on me. And then I knew I was like, okay, but I can't live like a hermit forever. (laughs) So I knew knew my wings were spreading soon. I didn't know where I didn't know when I thought I was going to move to LA. And then spirit was like, Bali. I was like, okay, let's do it. And then in a couple of months, just closed all my timelines in the US and then moved.
0: Oh, well, it suits you. And like, I don't even know anything about this journey yet, but it feels yeah. so <laughs> perfect. I had a similar, yeah. right? When I knew I was leaving Nashville, I also thought I was going to move to LA. I was thinking about it because I, I wanted to be like, nature close to ocean, it's alluring. And then truly the universe was like, no ma'am, you're not. And like a week later I met Austin. And then I'm like, "Ah, I'm just gonna stay and see how this goes. And then now we live in Florida. So I was perfectly redirected.
1: Yeah, you've been playing ping pong too. I have. Be bopping around. I've really welcome to my new backyard. I'm leaving.
0: I really did in Clarksville when I lived in the meadow.
1: (laughs) Welcome to this place. I gallivant and skip around every morning. Goodbye.
0: (laughs) We lived in that house for three months. 3 months and I you know I really knew that Austin was going to leave coaching at some point because I I knew that in my mind's eye but I didn't realize that we were literally only going to be in that house for 3 months. Yeah, I'm like welcome to this beautiful home. Oh man, I I hung pictures on every wall. I mean, I went oh, yeah. all out. And then oh, we man. just packed it up and hit the road. But we've landed. We, yeah. Yeah, tell tell us about you're following your intuitive knowing because everyone always asks me they're like, "How did you move to Florida just up and move?" And I'm like, "Well, I just did it how, how did it go for you? I want to hear a little more
1: I think the last couple years, I realized that I'm not driving this ship mm. i I don't need to be the one that makes these decisions. I need to be the one that listens to the decisions that are Pretty much made Mm -hmm. if I'm truly listening. And that makes my life a lot (laughs) easier and a lot more simple when you know I don't have to, I don't have to make any of this work. It's already working. Right. So how I pared it down was, you know, after kind of swirling in that for a long time, I realized if I'm in my integrity and I'm listening, the next step will always be revealed. I think that there are many paths based on the level of integrity you live within. So maybe if I wasn't in a certain amount of integrity, I wouldn't have moved to Bali. And that timeline exists parallel as well. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how I paired my life down to in the last couple of years. I'm in the I'm in a surrender phase, which is very kind of cheesy. And it's like, what WTF does that even mean? And, <laughs> you know, something that's thrown around. But for me, it's it's this. it's it's The path is there. There are many of them, depending on the version of Leo that I'm at. So mm-hmm. the only thing for me to do is work on myself, work and continue my path of checking in with what feels right. Mm -hmm. Does this does this person need to be in my life? Does this substance need to be in my life? Does this food need to be in my life? Do I feel good when I leave having lunch with that person? Am I just letting that slip? Everything that you let slip, I was like, "Mm, no, I'm taking a magnifying lens to this. And I did that for two years and kept taking action on when I heard to do something. So that has been my practice.
0: So beautiful, such a beautiful practice. And I think the the main thing that most of us don't do is create space and time to listen. Yeah, We're just so trying to control, trying to plan the next steps, trying to do all the things. But when we step back, that's what I always tell people too, whenever I do readings, there's no wrong answer. There's no bad, you know, as you know, everything is neutral. There are many paths that we can take you're never failing if you take one path and your ultimate path is over here you're just going to keep getting redirected back to wherever it is that your higher self god whatever you believe wants you to be on right so yeah. and i feel that you're i mean you're so connected in so many ways i guess explain to agu as as some new have some new spiritual folks maybe some old spiritual folks but um, yeah. curious, a curious bunch, which we are happy to have here. So, oh, yeah, yeah. so it's a good, it's a fun place to be. So, um, you know, how, how would you describe your, you have beautiful energetic gifts. I have been a client of, of Leo's, so <laughs> I have seen him at work. Um, but yeah, just take us through a little bit about what, you know, your, your, um, intuition, energetic gifts. You can take us back to childhood, go wherever you want to go. I
1: think I got truly lucky and now that i'm a hypnotherapist and i get to hear all about everyone's childhood every day it's like that's pretty much my job just to get into the nitty-gritty of the dynamics of how people grew up and were raised i'm like wow i had never been more grateful for the childhood and upbringing that i had so i got lucky because i had two very spiritual parents And they were also scientists. So I got such a range and they really didn't push any direction either way. They were like, if you're a good person, if you do your homework and get good grades and you, you know, show up to life and you're respectful, go wherever, you know, go wherever you need to go, Mm. you know, spiritually, career, emotionally, partner wise, all of that. And yeah, I'm realizing how unique that truly is, you know, from both parents and even when I really sat down and thought about it, my aunts and uncles, my grandparents, I was like, it's pretty wild to be honest to have a thumbs up, a green light from so many people in your life.
0: Maybe that's why you're so good at holding space for people who need, you know, that support. Because you've experienced it, and you can kind of guide them to that, maybe?
1: (laughs) Definitely. Definitely. Yeah, and of course, every family's got stuff. So I was just like, (laughs) I had two older brothers. I was just the annoying, rambunctious, like bursting with energy third kid, and... I always, I always tell the story that when my mom was pregnant. Well, first she was dreaming of lions. That's why my name is Leo. Aww. And she was praying, praying for a girl, for her first child, for her third child. And I was like, "Well, you're a half-assed prayer because you got a gay kid for your <laughs> third child." I'm like, "Pray harder. You only got halfway there." Half-ass prayers,
0: Leo. You are the most beautiful man I've ever known.
1: <laughs> some some wires got crossed, <laughs> but so yeah, I came in, you know, very flamboyant, very out there, like doing cartwheels on the basketball court while my brothers are like halftime. You know, they're <laughs> captain of the football team, and I'm like in a tutu. Twirling around, twirling around. Literally. I broke all the mirrors in my house growing up because I was spinning in the bathroom and I would hit the mirrors and they would fall and shatter because no one would put me in dance class.
0: You're like, I just want to be in dance class. <laughs> i
1: like, I just want to f- twirl. Let me twirl. <laughs> I love that.
0: You know, I'm actually... I'm taking adult ballet classes. I've never taken ballet in my life. It's never too late for you.
1: You can yeah. start now. <laughs> start now, everyone. Yeah, my dad was very hunting, fishing. You know, he went to all the football stuff for my brother, none of my things. So there was stuff, but there was a lot of love in the family. And mm-hmm. they taught us to meditate in elementary school. So and we would wow. meditate as a family on Sundays, like all in one room. And I, they didn't do it for long. But I do have memories of going to like um, workshops and stuff with my parents. I remember walking into a room. Everyone was oming like 300 people in a conference room. Wow. What the hell is going on? You know, mantra stuff. So it was around. It was around. Um, Yeah. So at that time, I I can't say that I had any particular gift. I wasn't seeing spirits or having prophetic messages or things like that but it was just in the air. It was just around and I think, part of my nature, but it was more something that I developed into as I took it more seriously later.
0: Wow. What Um, a beautiful origin story, Leo. I didn't know that about (laughs) you. I love that you guys meditated as a family. Now I'm like, I need to teach Zane how to meditate. Austin's son, he's 11. I'm like, what would I who would I be today if I started meditating at 11 I'd probably be like levitating right now. So tell us how okay so you grew up in a very spiritually conscious loving meditating family really inspired by that. My family's yeah. not going to meditate together. <laughs> how did you I guess just fall into the career that you're in now?
1: Well, I also was a stylist. That's right. We, we
0: have a we have a kindred spirit past.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I grew up in Chicago. Then right after I graduated, I moved straight to New York City and I started assisting stylists. I wasn't even planning to do it, but I was like, I can do it. It's fun. I know a little bit about this world. It seemed intriguing. And you know, you get a day rate. So you're like, while I'm applying for jobs, I can, you know, be an assistant stylist. Mm -hmm. And then it just kind of never ended. (laughs) 10 years (laughs) later, I was still styling like at an agent's, like one of the youngest. People at my agencies in New York City, like, signed wow. I was like 26 or something like that, which was really unheard of in, in New York. It takes a long time to build your portfolio and do stuff. So yeah, I was just, on, I was just on it. Um, mm-hmm. but all the time I knew that it wasn't the end all be all for me. And I was always in trainings in the background, just anytime I had time off. Just little workshops, little trainings, dipping my toe in the water. And I think for people listening, I remember being in this phase of being so frustrated. Like, why can't I find the thing? Like, I know I'm supposed to do something in this realm. Mm -hmm. And feeling like I kept cherry picking different modalities, different teachings, different teachers. And I was like, I'm like, all this is great, but it's not the thing that I'm supposed to really sink my teeth into. And it was driving me nuts, honestly. I was really losing it. But I was like, you know, there's some, whatever, I just got to keep going. It's like there's Mm -hmm. nothing I can do except continue to try things. So I was in a psychic training, and I finished the psychic training. And then for some reason it led me to watching YouTube videos Of people, I think it was. I don't even think I looked it up. It just like came up on my for you, you know, something next, and it was videos of people in a hypnotherapy session. And these particular practitioners would put the whole session on YouTube, like the two and a half hour session. You could watch wow. the whole thing, start to finish. Oh my and gosh! I watched them like telenovelas, like glued to. <laughs> You're like <popcorn>. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> all day, all night. I was in front of my computer, watching these videos. And I was like, this, this is the thing that I want to do. And from that day, it was just an instant obsession. I never stopped. Like from that day, signed up, you know, a couple months later with the people from YouTube, the teachers did their training, started taking clients the week after I finished and never stopped.
0: That is literally, I opened the Akashic records once, immediately had 50 clients. Like I turned around and they were like knocking on my door. It was crazy. And I love that when you're like looking for the things. I think a lot of people listening right now are looking for the thing. You know, everyone yeah. wants to feel a thing that you're just like, wow, I'm obsessed with this. And for you, it was just you know, you guys, you got to just try a lot of things yeah, <laughs> and keep trying.
1: Try
0: okay. So you do a training, you literally immediately open up, you do a session. And then were you just like, I mean, I feel, I am just assuming that it was just, it comes so easy to you. So natural to you. I mean, I've done a session with you, so I know. <laughs>
1: right. where you,
0: were you just like, Oh my gosh.
1: I mean, the first sessions I was shaking, like my, my hands were trembling. I was so nervous. But I think that's a good message for people. It's like, even if something is fully for you, it doesn't mean you're going to, it's going to be smooth or easy, or you're going to be good at it in the beginning or not be nervous. Like I was still absolutely terrified. I'm like, are they in trance? Are they not in trance? Are they going to open their eyes? Like, are they going to come out of it? Is anything going to happen? Are they going to go anywhere? When I asked them to go back further, like I didn't know what was going to happen. And I had all these expectations because I had been watching hundreds of hours of these clips. So in my head, I'm like, my session must be as monumental as the ones I have been watching. Otherwise, I'm doing something wrong. Mm. And that's not true at all. So I make it seem, I think a good craftsman makes their craft look easy and fluid. Mm. But that's only because, yeah, there's some personal um fluidity from their personality and their soul essence and things like that. But really it's from practice. Oh, absolutely. I was nervous. I was nervous the first, first
0: few readings, like, what if nothing comes through? What if I can't give them the information? What if I can't, you know, whatever. And then every single time I opened them, I was just, I was just guided and I just followed it. You know, it's like, it is a good thing to know that you can be in the right place and also still feel scared. <laughs> or
1: nervous. I was terrified.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. So a lot of people here probably don't even know what happens in a hypnotherapy session. So
1: Mm -hmm.
0: tell us, just tell us more, tell us everything.
1: (laughs) First, people need to know that there's a lot of different styles of hypnotherapy. Like there are different styles of lots of things. So people might probably wondering like, what the heck does hypnotherapy have to do with spirituality and intuition and all that? Immediately they don't feel like they're in the same room. So I'll start with hypnotherapy kind of started from the things you, people may be familiar with, like can stopping smoking, you know, changing a habit, you know, Mm -hmm. food, choosing different food, but mostly it was most famous for helping people sleep and helping people quit a habit, mainly smoking. That's kind of how it initially became popular. And the framework is if you can get someone into a deep subconscious state where they're, right now I say we're at the surface of the water. Like when the wind blows, you move, it hits your sail and you move, you know, meaning you're looking at a lot of, you're looking at lights and you're hearing sounds and everything's like kind of swirling around you and you're in your Conscious mental thought that's at this, the top of the water, but there are many levels to our awareness. So meditation, breath work in a yoga class, you feel when you're going a little bit under the surface of that water where it's like, I can still see where the surface is, but I also realize that I'm not fully there anymore. I'm a little bit deeper. So, or even when you first wake up or when you're half awake, half asleep, You know, when you're underneath. So hypnosis is the intentional way of going to that state for a purpose. So not just going to sleep to see where it takes me and I'm going to dream and let's, you know, however long it takes is however long it takes and not sure, you know, it's just, it's kind of driving itself. Hypnosis is using a practitioner to deliberately go to that kind of middle point for the purpose of making a change. In your life. And initially they would take people into that state and implant a suggestion. So let's say you wanted to make better healthy food choices. They drop you into that state and kind of give you suggestions. Like when you open the fridge, you want to choose the healthy food. You know what foods are good for you. You know what your body wants. It's a joy to select the food that nourishes you. You know, all these thoughts and beliefs and your mind, when you're in that deeper state, you're very receptive. We call it, you're very suggestible So if people might know stage hypnosis, where people are pulled up on stage and they get people to do all sorts of crazy things, that's because they're in a suggestible state. And is that,
0: is that really real? I've never really seen, I mean, I haven't seen that in years.
1: Yeah. It is real. Actually, there's a (laughs) trick, you know, like a good hypnotist can scan an audience and they find the most, you know, Trans susceptible person, and then mm-hmm. they pull that person on stage to convince everyone else. And mm-hmm. the convincing, you know, kind of puts people over the line, and then they can get more people. So there's a lot of, you know, tricks to it, but to that first person that, you know, it is real, they're not acting, you know, they're, <laughs> they're, they're in it. <laughs> so they're the most suggestible person.
0: <laughs> that would probably be me, <laughs> me in a crowd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right. Squawking like a chicken on stage, whatever. So it's not that. So the uh, it's like in the 60s and 70s, you know, they put you in that state and add a suggestion. And then a lot of times it, it worked, you know, or, or worked for a while. The Problem is, it, did, it didn't address why the person was choosing a bad habit to begin with. Why mm-hmm. was I not? treating myself well? Why was I constantly binge eating? Why was I chain smoking cigarettes when I know that this isn't good for me? So although it has an effect, that new belief does come in and it does make some changes, it's not sustainable. So the new, I would say, era of hypnosis is they're longer sessions because we're really investigating. It's like investigative journalism in your mind. And all of your memories, thoughts, beliefs, they're all stored in the subconscious. So we go there. It's like the library of your life. We go into the library to pull out the books that have something to do with what you're looking to change. Mm -hmm. And then we dive into those stories or those memories to find when was the time that I didn't, when I first learned to not believe in myself, when I first learned that my body was the enemy or that food was the enemy, how did I learn that skinny was better? Where are those little traces? And we can find them with a practitioner. We can rewrite that story in a loving way and then put that book back on the shelf in your mind. And then it, your mind reads that story differently.
0: Mm. That is exactly. Just to give you guys kind of an example, because I did a session with Leo. He essentially took me in, went into a trance. But I'm I remember the experience. I think a lot of people are scared you're going to like black out.
1: You know? Yeah, Yeah, you're fully there.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, is it normal for everyone remembers? Correct? I remember
1: most ninety five percent of people remember the whole thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, I, I don't want to speak for everyone, but that in my experience, sure. <clears throat> I remembered and you asked me, you were, cause I was releasing some limiting beliefs around, I've talked very openly around disordered eating and those belief systems that I had that were, you know, harming my body. And I, as soon as you asked me, like, when was the first time that you, you know, didn't feel good enough or you felt that you needed to diet or whatever, I immediately had a memory just resurfaced that I I hadn't remembered or thought of. And I mean, probably since it happened and I was nine and I remembered hearing like my mom talking about how she needed to go on a diet. And then I was like looking at myself in the mirror, like, oh, do I need to go on a diet? Like it was just the first time I had ever looked at myself through that lens. And obviously no shade to my mom. She did the best that she could for where she was at, but it was just, I was highly impressionable. And that was the first time that was introduced So then Leo and I kind of went back to that memory and we we reworked it and, you know, forgave mom for saying that, you know, I couldn't be mad at anyone, right? No, no one meant any harm. And we, our brains will allow us to rewrite the narrative in a loving way so that that's not, that's no longer a trigger for me anymore. So I just want to provide an example for what
1: what you were saying. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. It's good to have the an actual, you know, tangible example. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I don't think people realize how malleable we are. We are our brains are neuroplastic. It can update. It wants to evolve. It wants to grow. Our spirit wants to expand. So when you're all on board together, shifts and changes can happen very quickly at that deep level where you can actually move things around. I kind of. The image that always comes to me is you know, when you move apps on your phone, first you have to like press and hold, and then they all start to shake. Mm -hmm. And then you can rearrange them. That's Mm -hmm. what hypnotherapy is like. But first you have to press and hold and be there and go down. Mm -hmm. And then everything becomes changeable. And then Mm -hmm. you get to reorder things in the way that works for you.
0: 100%. (laughs) I make so many software comparisons. Especially yeah. with like how our brain is literally a computer. I always tell people, yeah. the first thing is having awareness that one, we can change our brain is that neuroplastic, neuroplasticity. Say it one more time. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm. Yeah. It's neuroplastic,
0: neuro, neuroplastic. My yeah. country is slide now. I'm like neuro, <laughs> neuroplastic. Neural plastic. Basically, we can change it. It's, it's very empowering when we realize we're not stuck in this situation. Right we have the ability to change it and that our brains are these computers that have just been running a software that we just observed or were taught or have these learned behaviors that we don't even really want them. We're like, no, I want to do things differently. It's like, oh, here's the thing we can't. And that alone, having that information and that awareness was so empowering for me. really takes you out of the victim mentality.
1: Right. And you have to get into the driver's seat to make a change like that. If the world is still the problem, if your ex is still the problem, if your parents are still the enemy, then you're still a victim in your own mind to your own mind, to your own self. They're not suffering, only you are. And it's a big switch. And that's one of the hardest corners to turn. You know, it sounds so easy, me saying it, where we've all been in victim consciousness at some point. But to make these big leaps, it takes step fully being like, okay, what happened to me is not my fault, but it is my responsibility.
0: Mm.
1: Being abused, being neglected, being left alone was not my fault. I did not deserve that. But now it's my responsibility to do something with it and put the pointed finger down because obviously. That hasn't gotten me very far, so I need to try something else. So the tagline in hypnotherapy is: "It's never too late to have a happy childhood." Which I've I always love that. loved that. Always <laughs> stuck with me, and that's not in a bypassy kind of way. We're not like, oh, everything was hunky dory. Just. Put an affirmation on top of it and you'll be fine. I'm loved. I'm beautiful. I'm amazing. It's like, I always say, you can't put lipstick on a pig. It's like your affirmations, your mirror work, all that stuff is wonderful. Once you have gone into these, I call it shadow work, these shadows, these memories, these aspects that we run and hide and neglect. It has to be a two-part process. All the manifestation work has nothing to grip Into it doesn't have roots to ground into if there are still all these memories and all these inner parts, these inner children running rampant with a lot of things to say and they're still hurt. Oh,
0: I know. I'm I'm so I'm so into inner child. Like I I think about my inner child now every single day. And that's that's that was a kind of a later in my spiritual journey practice, but Could you explain a little bit of the inner child, how that comes into play in your sessions?
1: Yeah, basically, when something happens to you in your life that is more than you can process, a version of you is formed to hold the excess emotions and energy. So let's say, yeah, you were as a little kid, your parents were always late. they never picked you up on time. And you're always the one sitting alone, you know, just waiting for someone to pick you up. And you didn't have a phone. And it was sad and lonely. Let's say that's the example. In that moment, you're a kid. You don't have the tools to process that you're really sad. So that version of you remains sad until those memories get a moment to be expressed and have their moment and be Felt and heard, so time doesn't heal anything just because we have moved on and grown up and evolved doesn't mean that that little girl still isn't there waiting for mom to pick her up on the playground. Mm -hmm. She probably is still there, unless there has been a moment in your life where that's been able to be expressed. And it doesn't always have to be so direct, like going to this memory, you know, like it could happen in a yoga class as you're holding a pose and you're like, your hips could just open and all this emotion and energy just releases from your body. And, you know, it could come through that way somatically. It could come through in a breathwork class. It could come through as you're just riding a bike and just like, you have an instant download, insight moment. You know, like there's many ways to do this. It could be through dancing, tapping, shaking, you know, like doesn't always have to be like, I am six. You know, this is what happened to me. Right, right, right. <laughs> There's a lot of outlets to move energy through the system. My It's just my practices. I like to know what is the memory? Where did this come from? How did this come to be? So that's why I love hypnotherapy because you leave with a lot of clarity. You know how something started. You know how it formed. You know how it evolved into a pattern. You get to be like, oh, from that moment, always being left... I realized that I couldn't trust adults. I realized that I wasn't safe being vulnerable. I realized that I couldn't rely on people. And now I can track how that went into my relationships, the type of friendships that I formed, always having like a piece of glass between me and people. Because deep down, I didn't trust that they could show up for me because that wasn't my experience. I wasn't safe being vulnerable as a kid. Mm. So why would that's, Switch doesn't just turn on overnight when you go into a relationship, even if you're with the most loving, beautiful, wonderful partner. If all these things are sitting there deep down, you're not going to just be like, okay, yeah, like I'm an open book. Here we go. Let's dive into this big love. I'm totally available to be vulnerable and open. It's like, it doesn't happen like that. We're hesitant. Our mind, our subconscious mind remembers everything. So when it tracks something as dangerous and for that person, love could be dangerous because it wasn't safe to fully be loved as that child. So the loving partner coming into your life, the mind goes uh, alert. We don't, we do not recognize what this is. And last time we were with someone that is supposed to love me, it didn't go well for me. Mm-hmm. So my doors are shut. Mm-hmm. So hypnotherapy allows you to find when we shut those doors. And do we still need that story? And how can we offer that little girl the love and support and resources that she needs to thrive? That
0: was, I just love you so much. That was, yeah, that was stunning because I, for a while when I first moved to Florida, was really into talking about patterns. I was trying to, because Austin doesn't have any background in this field, Obviously the athlete, you know, he was like into visualization, like he can go there on some things with me. Some things are just outside of his, his wheelhouse. But I kept saying like a good way for people to recognize this is when you're experiencing, you know, the same argument over and over, or you're experiencing the same type of person coming into your life over and over you know, even with Austin, I would be like, you know, was there a scenario where like around, you know, some stuff like limiting beliefs around money for him? You know, there was there was like a lot of scarcity that was modeled for him. And so he didn't even know there was another way. A lot of the times we don't know there's even another way of thinking because that's all that has been modeled to us. But yeah. if we can tap into that subconscious mind and we can we can change the story, you know, it's just most people don't even know they can change the story. One, um, two, right. I would love for you to share a little on maybe um, if you have an example around like money or limiting beliefs or how hypnotherapy comes in there. Cause that's that was another one that was requested. So I'd be curious to hear your insight oh, yeah. there.
1: Yeah. I work with money a, a lot just because when you really think about it, we haven't had many generations where you could make money. Like most of us, most of us came from just salt of the earth, farmers, workers, like the number of people that come from quote old money is so small. All of us have money stories. Even those people, even a lot of them have money stories. So money and sex are the the number one, the biggest things that are going to come up. For people in some, some way, self-love, self-worth. It all, it all kind of boils down to those essences. Do I mm-hmm. feel loved? Can I be accepted? Do I feel supported? Can I be with my own self? Can I love the parts of me that I have left, that I have neglected? So money stories is never about the money typically. It's, it's always about the frequency of lack or, or self-worth. Because if I fully believed in my abilities as a person, if I fully believed in my qualities, in my heart, in my essence as a human being, why wouldn't I take big risks? Why wouldn't I fully go into whatever it is that's asking me to go full on? <clears throat> if I fully loved myself, what decision would I actually make in my life? How would I move forward? What sorts of plans would I make? So it tends to come down to self-worth. Typically, and then the money is the framework that that is flowing into, and that's not to say that people that don't have money don't have self worth you could I'm living in a low income place right now. I'm looking at the Indonesian people walking around. they are glowing they are they are <laughs> high on life. These people that walk around with no shoes, you know. I'm walking, I'm watching people do construction all around, just, they're just in shorts, no shoes. They're in the mud, you know, moving cement and stone, building house, you know, like seven days a week and they're grinning ear to ear all day. I've never (laughs) seen anything like it. It's not that, it's not that when you have self-love and self-worth that it will always correlate to financial success, but. Typically the roadblock that people come into is they're in a situation where they could have financial success and the speed bump is, um, insecurity. I'm not sure. Uh, who am I to do that? Oh, no one else in my family has dreamed that big. Mm -hmm. Oh, maybe not. They people told me that I couldn't all of those. It's the stories that people run into and as we described earlier when we revisit the origin of those stories and we put a new beautiful one in then the process can be a lot smoother and that if the process is going into a project that could make money then it will be a lot of a smoother process
0: mm. oh wow yeah what what do you what would you say if someone's like i don't know what my stories are around money or sex, how, how do you identify? I
1: would say like, like you mentioned, I would write down a goal or a dream that you have surrounding, let's say money. And when you start to actually look at the steps you have to take to realistically make that happen, mm-hmm. I would write down every single thought Just stream of consciousness, Mm. not thinking about it, just write everything that pops into your mind as you think about what, you know, as you go to make those steps, what pops into your mind? Oh, God, I'm not good enough. What is my brother going to think? Oh, my mom told me that I, whatever, it's going to happen really quickly when Mm. I'm like, okay, integrate. All right, you want to do this thing? You want to write a book? You want to be a bestseller? Let's go right now. So what's the first thing that you're going to have to do? You're instantly going to, f- most people are going to freeze up when they, if it's big enough, they're right. going to be like, Oh God, shit's getting real. Yeah. So why is that scary? Why is shit getting real scary?
0: I'm also laughing. Why because- are your dreams scary? <laughs> <laughs> Literally. Also, I'm like, you're calling me out right now. Cause you know, I actually am writing a book. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm pulling on some data.
0: Yeah. You're like reading my energy. It's true though. Like, and, and of course, if I write a book, I'm like, I've got to be a New York Times bestseller. Like I must, right. Right. Um, but it is, you know, all of a sudden you're like, oh shit, that's a big, it's a big one.
1: Right. I might have to cold email PR company or, you know, like publicists. I'm going to have whatever, whatever the realistic steps are. That's when I think the stories really come up. Because when it's just like this fantasy, you're not in it enough to notice the fear or the emotions come up. Mm. It's when you actually sit down to be like, what are the five publicists that I might have to email to work with on this book or a big at whatever whatever the steps are, then you start to hear like all the voices come in.
0: Yep. The you're chatter. Like, oh, I'm
1: not going to do that. Oh, I'm a nobody. I've never written a book. Why would they even answer my email? All that stuff I would write down. And there you can start dissecting patterns and themes and really see it. My favorite teacher is Byron Katie, number one favorite spiritual life, everything teacher of all time. Her first book is Loving What Is. It's like my tome. It's just my North Star. It's my everything. and. Her One of her phrases that I love is, all war belongs on paper, meaning you have to see the thoughts, the mental war that we all rage in our minds. It all seems fine when we just hear it because we're used to it. But until you see the words on paper, only then you see how ridiculous some of them are.
0: That is so good. Why have I not read this book? I am I'm like, hold on, everyone. I'm I gotta pause the podcast. I need to go order this <laughs> on
1: Amazon. Loving what is.
0: I am a huge well, I'm an obsessive journaler. Like if I'm having kind of a weird day, bad day, anything day, I journal, I write it out, I brain dump, I do a what would the highest version of a G do. I mean, I have so many journaling practices, just depending on you know, where I am at or where, what I need. But a lot of people are like, I don't know where to start with journaling. And I'm like, you don't even have to have a prompt. You could just write, I woke up this morning, I slept, I had a funny dream. And then all of a sudden, just practicing writing literally sentences, all of a sudden you'll start, you'll just start thinking about something. Oh, all of a sudden I'm having this thought and then this thought, leads to this thought. And then you like uncover this like gemstone of an idea of something that you really want that you didn't even know you wanted. And right. then then vice versa, like you said, the shadow work is the juicy work. And I want to encourage people. This this doesn't sound as much fun to write down all those weird, noisy thoughts that come up, but that's the key. That's the key that you got to put in the door to unlocked success because that right there is what's holding you back. And unfortunately, I hate to break it to you guys. We are the only people that are holding ourselves back. It's our own self. It's really no one else. You know, it, it's it's a tough pill to swallow <laughs> when you realize it. You're like, shoot. But it is. Yeah. It's us. And so we have to do the shadow work to ultimately experience these manifestations and this timeline that our spirit and our soul wants to experience. There's just some part of us that gets scared, and you know, tries to say, hey, "I want us to be content." but here, boom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't want to go there. Right. Right. But I feel that shadow work isn't as sexy, so it's not talked about as much. And right. I think that it's it's the ooey gooey. It's the ooey gooey of the brownie. It's the, it's the juicy, you yeah. know. And, and we can't be scared of it. We've got to go. Wow, what a gift that I can see the shadow and I can bring it to the light. Um, I would love to hear, because I'm sure a lot of people who are newer to manifestation and they probably never even heard of shadow work. How would you just kind of explain like the shadow work?
1: I call shadow work bringing anything that we push down Mm -hmm. up into the light. Mm -hmm. And there's a million processes to do that. So in your example of journaling, you might not have realized what was pushed down during your day until you start writing. And maybe you're on your maybe you're on page three. And then you're like, I'm realizing that I'm scared to finish or write this part in this chapter because I'm getting really real and really vulnerable. And I'm just noticing that I have been resisting finishing this chapter because I have to put on paper how I really think about this topic. And I'm realizing that people are going to judge me for that. And I procrastinated all day writing this chapter. I could do all the other ones. Why this one? I'm just now realizing that I have pushed down my nervousness or maybe some embarrassment or fear of being judged. And that is what has been preventing me from finishing this chapter. Mm. So that would be an example of, I have used the tool of journaling to illuminate something that i pushed down subconsciously
0: and it's truly wild how much i feel like journaling is like doing a long division problem you know you <laughs> kind of start and you're like I'm not really sure there's like a lot of things a lot of like ideas a lot of swirly curly cues happening and then all of a sudden you get to the end of the page and you're like what that's actually okay That's a thought that I was having that that was actually what's bothering me. Because sometimes I'll start writing. I'm like, why am I anxious right now? I have no clue. But then I'll start writing, 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 writing. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, of course, that makes so much sense. you know My long division problem has been solved because I've gotten to the root of of why this feeling is coming up. But
1: oftentimes, it's kind of
0: like you said, we don't really give us time and space to listen and to allow it.
1: Yeah. We usually just power through, you know, like, Oh, I'll just do something else. I'll distract. You know, all of this happens so automatically. We're not like pushing things down all day. Like, Oh, I don't want to think about this. Goodbye. It all happens so fast, faster than you can even think. That's why Byron says all war <laughs> belongs on paper because even trying to figure it out in your own mind, mind to mind, it's going to be 10 steps ahead of you. It's a super computer. You being there, like us trying to figure things out in our own head is like writing with your left hand, your non-dominant hand, trying to like, you know, write a epic saga, you know, like trying to figure everything out, going against a super, you know, Tesla computer. It's like our conscious awareness is a tiny sliver. I always say that imagine your mind is a huge, beautiful mansion. Our conscious mind is the broom closet. Every Mm -hmm. other room in the mansion is another part of your subconscious. Mm -hmm. Take a walk. There's lots to see. (laughs) There are many rooms filled with memories, experiences, soul experiences, human... Everything. They're all, take a look at the drapes. What art is on the wall? What relics from the past are there? Trying to figure things out in the broom closet is only going to take you so far. We got to expand.
0: I love your analogies. That's such a good one. <laughs> it's so true. Because Steal that one. Yeah, well, I'll credit you, always. <laughs> Um It is. Our brain is... Is always trying to, that's, I did an episode on like, is this my anxiety or an intrusive thought or versus intuition, you know, because right. our brain is a trickster. It's a little sneaky sometimes mm-hmm. <laughs> can, right. can really convince us into, we're really like, now hold up. Wait a minute. I would love your take on, I always say, if there's a lot of chatter or explanation that I know that's not my intuition, you know, giving me a story, giving me an excuse right. and a reason. Do you right. have any tips or takeaways for people that maybe struggle with anxious thoughts or intrusive thoughts and how to come back to just
1: consciousness? Yeah. I like the writing exercises mm. Again, writing them. And I think that in general, we tend to run from the intrusive thoughts, which is like, where are you running, girl? Where are you going? Like, where? Where, where? where are you? <laughs> you think you can hide from your intrusive thoughts? <laughs> Good luck. So the only other option is to invite them to tea. Mm. Byron Katie says, you can't drop a thought. A thought drops you when it has been met with understanding.
0: Oh, love that.
1: So it's like a little flying visitor that comes in. If it flies in every single day, it's going to keep coming until open the door, sit down for a while. Mm. How are you? Nice to meet you. I'm Leo. Hello, self deprecation.
0: (laughs) Let's talk. Yeah. Let's
1: talk. What would you like to say? And I write it down. And you can ask, is this my thought? Is this someone I know? Because a lot of our thoughts aren't even ours. It's, Mm -hmm. oh, this is something my mom always said to me when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, do I need to keep that? (laughs) I literally went to an open
0: house recently, met a realtor somehow started talking about woo-woo things like I seem to attract. Doctor. (laughs) Yeah. And she was like, I've just recently discovered inner self-talk and have really like become, not that she didn't know she had it, but just like really aware of where the thoughts came from. And she's like, my meanest critic sounds just like my mother. I'm like, yeah, it's, it's often these thoughts that they're not our thoughts. They don't even belong to us. These voices don't even belong to us. So when you have a thought, like you said, I Hmm. like to do a little personification practice where all of a sudden I'll have this anxious thought just flying out of nowhere. All of a sudden I have a wave of anxiety in my body. I'm like, what the, that just punched me. Where'd that come from? But I'll literally just go, okay, that's just what anxiety feels like. Okay, it's here. Like, do you need to show me something? Do you need to tell me something? You know, I just invite it to chat. Instead of, I used to be like, Oh my God. Well, I'm going to spiral. It's going to turn into a panic attack. You know, I tell people just like, relax, allow it, communicate, you know, just the acceptance piece is all the thought needs. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. we, we accept it. The moment we become the observer, we can even move into that state of we're not going to allow ourselves to spiral. (laughs) We are here. We are conscious. Let's chat, have a conversation, give it that personification. I kind of act like, you know, it's a person, you know, give it a name, anxiety. Hello, mister, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. Alfonso. Yeah. What yeah. do you need from me? <laughs> yeah. How can I, how can I help you today?
1: Anxious Alfonso.
0: <laughs> Anxious Alfonso. What's up? <laughs> I don't know. I'm just thinking. Yeah, that's but, a good one, mm-hmm. but it's a good practice for people to. Think, okay, because like you said, I love that. Like you don't drop a thought, a thought drops you. The moment that you can bring this energy to the light or, or show it love or acceptance or just allow it to flow through you versus most of the time we'll have a thought visit us and we get caught in an arm wrestle because we're trying to like, right. you know, smash it, get rid of it. Everyone, the right. estate the, the lady that I'm mentioning, she was like, how do we ever, can we turn off the thoughts? I'm like, no, can't turn them off. We don't have an off switch. No, i
1: switch. Them. <laughs> Invite them to tea.
0: I like that.
1: Take a seat. Chamomile. <laughs> what do you need? I mean, when you write them down, you get to realize, like, let's say it is something from your mom. Then you start a whole new process of like, oh, my mom must have been really sad mm. in her world for her to put this on me so young all the time. Or just this is the world she grew up in. I can't fault her for that. And I'm going to be the last person that this goes to. In mm-hmm. my family. And the only way it ends with you is through love, mm-hmm. compassion, through forgiveness, through acceptance, through the, okay, here it is. Here's the I'm too fat thought again, come in, stay a while. And also realizing that you're not, Your identity is not in your emotions and your, that experience. So another process I go through is, I mean, let's say you're having that wave of anxiety. Most people are like, I'm anxious. I'm anxious all the time. It's just like, I wake up, I'm anxious. I go to bed, I'm anxious. It's starting to be like, okay, I'm anxious. And then I'm noticing or I'm feeling anxious. I notice I'm feeling anxious. I'm aware There's anxiety moving through me. I'm aware I'm not the anxiety flowing through me. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Anxiety and me are separate. Mm -hmm. I'm aware there is that anxiety moving through me. So you go from identifying I'm anxious with, I'm aware there is that which creates a separation, Mm -hmm. anxiety flowing through the body. And not my butt flowing through the body. All these little twists, these language patterns that make a shift in your mind. You start to realize there's a you that is not the experience of the emotion. Mm. And that's how you can become more of the observer. Like you said, oh, I'm just seeing, okay, this wave is moving through me. I'm not the wave. I'm experiencing the wave as it moves through me. It doesn't mean anything about me.
0: Right. Because I guess when people don't have the awareness that there is separation, that's how they get caught in the arm wrestle of
1: mm-hmm. right.
0: you know, right. trying to suppress the emotion, or or what do you think the the knee-jerk reaction is?
1: I think deep down people think that it means something about them. That I must have done something wrong, that I'm a bad person, it tends to a lot of time correlate to some version of guilt. Like I must have deserved this. Mm-hmm. That's really deep down there for a us. Oh,
0: that is, that is, that's, that's deep. That's deep in a dark that's, hole. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. If you work with Leo, he's going to shine a flashlight in that deep dark <laughs> hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I literally, I I did joke. I'm like, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? If you got something going on that you don't know about, you're like, Leo's going to shine a light. And he's going to find it. And, and such a beautifully calm manner too. <laughs>
1: Yes, the, that's my sneak attack. I, I start sweet and soft at golf to get in the door. Then I'm like, we're cleaning the house. Then I put on the gloves. I'm like, suit up, hazmat suit. We're going in. Which room is it? The one with black fumes coming out, seeping through the crowd. Like, this is it. Let's go. I love it so much. We have, much. To. Yeah, we have it's- to. Someone's got to go in that room. Someone ha- Someone has to walk beside you. We can't go to those rooms on our own. That's the other thing I think people don't realize. We're just like, we're in such an independent culture. We just think we should be able to do everything ourselves. It's not true. We're a collective species. We are mammals. We are community-based creatures. Mm-hmm. You are not supposed to go into that room solo. Let someone walk beside you. <laughs> I wouldn't go in there without you. I'm like, I don't want to go in there. No, thanks. <laughs> it's not even really possible, to be honest. Really? Not really. I I see a lot of clients with the best of intentions to open that door. Like, I know some crazy shit happened to me when I was a kid. But every time I put my hand on the door, I get burned or something happens. I get distracted or it's just... Our mind is designed to keep us from that pain. It's like, we already went through this once. Why do you want to go in there again? It's like, Mm -hmm. are you sure? Are you crazy? You want to go through this again? Mm -hmm. So it's smart. It knows that it needs support going back there again. So even my best of intentioned clients, they're like, I tried. It won't open. (laughs) Please help. (laughs) I'm locked out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, and that's why, you know, everyone that listens to this podcast knows I'm a huge advocate of therapy in whichever avenue you feel called, whether it's hypnotherapy, seeking a therapist. But like you said, we are designed to co-create in this universe with a community, with a tribe. We've actually gotten so isolated in our homes, work from home, by ourselves, not seeing people that... Sometimes we need help. We need someone to look around there. We need Leo to go in with his freaking hazmat suit and power wash it.
1: Yeah. Set up a tea party in the, yeah. in the smoke room. <laughs> Leo. But I have a got- little set. <laughs> You're like, hello. Like, who's in here? Hello. Leo, you've got to have, do some
0: some type of branding run, like a Leo's tea party. Have you ever done that? I'm, I, I need it.
1: <laughs> I am not on the brand on your branding queen level just oh my yet, gosh. but we're getting there, <laughs> step by step.
0: Well, um, before I let you go, because I, I am going to let you go soon, but I just also want you in my presence forever. Um <laughs> If people are interested, and in, a lot of people are like, how do I know I'm intuitive? Like, I feel intuitive. Yeah, right, but like, right. How do I explore that? I feel like you're just someone that's explored so much. So, you know, we would be honored to have some of
1: your wisdom. I think in daily, everyday life, the best place to start is taking small action on the inspired intuitive hints. Mm -hmm. It truly is a muscle. You know, I can sell all my things and move to Bali with not one ounce of fear because I have spent 10 plus years building up to something like that. Mm -hmm. Or those experiences. It didn't start like this. It started with Do do I go left or right at this intersection? It Mm -hmm. starts with that. It starts with Oh, let me text that person that came to mind that I haven't thought about in a while. I feel like they need something. They might need support. They might need help. I don't know why, but they popped into my mind. It starts with all of those and working your way up. And then I say that things will start to enter your field that you are supposed to say yes to, like, let's say it is a training or a workshop or you just your friends like, Hey, I'm going to this tarot reading workshop in at the neighborhood yoga studio. It's like. You just start to listen with a different ear. And even if it isn't like a 100% like this is what I'm supposed to do, it doesn't matter. It's just for the experience. Not everything needs to be the thing. It's just to broaden. It's just to, Oh, what's over here? What's that like? What is this person like? You know, and even if you do, do a modality and it's not the thing still try everyone does it differently so if you are drawn to akashic records but you got a reading and it didn't feel great try other people you know like sometimes the you need the contrast oh i had like my first hypnotherapy session i received was a hot mess it was (laughs) Uh, I was like hanging off the couch. I was too tall for the couch. It was in front of these huge windows that were like 10 feet tall. It was so bright. I was like squinting and I was like facing this dry and it was overcast. So it was that like gray, like blinding light. I'm six, three. So I'm like hanging off this tiny couch and every, just like, the lady, she was like reading off of her notes. I'm just like, I could hear her turning the page. I'm like, this
0: is you're like, a... this is not real. I'm not relaxed. I'm not in a trance. I'm, I am, honestly,
1: I I'm not relaxed.
0: I'm stressed out right now. A bit.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, it was in the Bronx. Like, it was so far. Like, it was <laughs> like an hour, two hours on the train. I'm like, uh, Saturday morning, and was, everything was just like, this is a schlep of all schleps. And Still, like, (laughs) like, I even knew in that experience, I, even after that, like, I still kept going. I'm like, that's okay. Like, this was the first, I dipped my toe into the water. Cool. Wasn't perfect, but I got an experience. Let me keep experimenting. It's about experimenting and just, you need to have, you need to taste a lot of flavors. Like even if you're not trying to be a practitioner still, you know, most people kind of land on some modalities that are healing and beneficial for them. And also that's allowed to change at different phases of your life. So you might be really into getting psychic readings for a couple of years. Then you're like, you know what? I don't need that anymore. I'm ready for something else. And you might go into like different form of therapy or breath work or gong washes, sound healing. There are 10 million bazillion modalities You know, even if, whether you feel like you're potentially a practitioner or you just want to receive and find something that feels aligned for you, either way, it takes practice. It takes trying a bunch of things. So don't put any pressure or expectation on any of it. Just go in open-minded, open-hearted and try stuff and keep leaping.
0: Keep leaping. I love that about inspired action. Like I always tell people, if you get like a little random thought, a little pain, like you said, I thought of a friend that I haven't thought of in a while. This must be popping into my mind for a reason. Reach out. Don't have to be weird. Just, Hey, how are you? You know, you don't have to explain just, and then they'll be like, Oh my gosh, I was just talking about, or, you know, then you start getting confirmation validation. Okay. I'm on, I'm on the right path. I'm, you know, I'm listening and I I get, I get confirmation now every day with things that I do. Cause I do, I've created kind of this language you know mm-hmm. with with the universe where i'm like speaking right. things out or show me a sign or you know whatever it is but then i always get that confirmation as as do you that's how you know like okay i'm going to move to bali because we've we've practiced a lot so when we know it's a hell yes we're like okay spirit here we go i'm just going to trust and i'm going to leap and i know i'm going to fly cuz right but it starts with the little small things and when people invite you places or even if it's something outside of the normal, like go, you know, just go. Oh, like you said, you
1: have to get out of your comfort zone.
0: Yeah. I've had some, I've had some terrible readings and I've had readings. I, I did go through a phase where I was obsessed with seeing psychics and mediums. And it's because finally I had one tell me, he's like, you're obsessed because you are one. You just right. don't really know how to hone your craft. And I was like, right. I kind of remember being like, really? Wow. Like, but, but I I kind of do down, like I knew, but I was like, when he just said it, he was like, this is why you keep coming back. You need a mentor. (laughs) You don't need to keep like coming here. And I was like, okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I did, but I didn't ever think that I would be able to actually do readings for people, you know, like I always knew I had intuition and, and whatever, but, but then it's like, you don't ever really know until you just literally it, Stumble upon it, or it, it's it's not planned.
1: Or. There's no way to know.
0: No, you just getting on this ride and letting it take you somewhere. But but like you said, like I have had bad readings too. But now I know in my readings because I'll see some, you know, some really important people or celebrity people. I'm sure as do you. And there's people that like I know one how to be professional. I know you know what to say and right. what not right. to say to keep things. You know, keep people from fixating on a future outcome or things that people have told me that I'm like, wish they never told me that, you know, like things that aren't really helpful. You know, like I, I know that when someone sits with me, they leave feeling empowered. You know, when someone sits with you, they leave with clarity. You know, it's like, you kind of know what they're going to walk away from. But unfortunately, you know, we had to experience
1: some situations that were a schlep, a schlep. It was a (laughs) schlep. I'm like a Bronx at 9 a.m. on a Saturday in New York. I'm like, great, here we go. Yeah. We learned how to, yeah, curate a comfortable experience for people. Yeah. That's exactly. really that's half of it. That's it is well,
0: it. people, you know, I've been recording a lot about how people that, you know, you want them to feel safe. Safety is our first. You know, it's our core foundation that we've got to create a safe space in order for people to feel comfortable exploring. Because obviously, you and I are the guides in the situation. We've we've been there. We've done. You've divin t- divin. <laughs> I was take a deep dive <laughs> into the shadows. As you know, I feel comfortable in the acoustic records. You know, I I know in that space I am incredibly safe, without a shadow of a doubt in my mind. So when I have that unwavering faith, people. Feel safe to open up and to explore, and that's that's really the gift. Is just creating a safe space where we're like, "Hey, no matter what happens, no matter what comes up, whatever you experience, I know what to do. Leo knows what to do. We know what to do. So if you don't know what to do, that's okay.
1: (laughs) Right? Yeah, they're they're not supposed to.
0: Yeah, they're not supposed to. That's that's why everyone has you know a, a role, and everyone has a little purpose. It's like so cool because. Even if you you don't know what your purpose is, you have a purpose. <laughs> there's there's something for everyone. Um, do you yeah. know what's your human design, by the way?
1: I don't know. I've never looked it up, actually.
0: Leo! I got, yeah.
1: I, I, I got it. I'm a rebel. I'm anti system.
0: You're probably like one of those people that's like an Enneagram 8. That's the challenger that never wants to take the Enneagram. And they finally get <laughs> convinced to take <laughs> right. it. And they're an 8.
1: <laughs> right. Probably. Yeah. Like, I don't know anything about astrology. Really? Human design. None of it. I'm like, my consciousness is more powerful than any system that's going to tell me who, who you're going to tell me who I am. I'm like, I'm living in it. I don't need you to tell me who I am. I'm swimming in it.
0: You're such a man too. I love that. That's how awesome <laughs> it is. He's like, I don't really need you to tell me these things, but I'm like, yeah, but it's kind of cool to like hear and be like, yeah, yeah, that makes
1: sense. Like, oh, for sure. The confirmation it's fun. It's Absolutely
0: fine. It's fun, but I also, I do think that men have, um, when it comes to the compass on the true north, he Mm -hmm. also doesn't really, he doesn't need that information. He doesn't need me doing greetings for him. He doesn't need any of that stuff, but he's so intuitively led, even when he doesn't even know it. He's like, I don't even have the vocabulary for it, but I just know like this is the green light. And I'm like, okay, see, that's all he needs. There are some people, yeah. There are some people like that, yeah, absolutely. My my personality is like I'm an investigator. I just, I just, I'm
1: just, I'm a curious cat. I just want to know everything. (laughs) Fun to know, yeah. I think it was Yogananda. Can't remember right now, but love when he would go on tours. He would ask his astrologers to calculate the worst date to go on tour, and that's when he would travel (laughs) to prove that if you're in your flow, it doesn't matter really so that's kind of how i that's kind of how i live
0: <laughs> i like that you know i i had an astrology reading one time it was kind of like i left feeling like he projected some of his stuff onto me yeah,
1: there's always little stuff like that yeah
0: and i was really bothered by it for a long time and i was like okay i'm gonna do a little like introspection on it and it was just like Literally, the experience, you know, I went to the Akashic Records. I'm like, is there anything there that I need to explore now? And it's like, it's just to experience contrast. Like, it's just to experience other people's Yeah, it was a good
1: medicine for us.
0: Yeah, it's just to kind of bring you back to just because someone who's in the spiritual space or tells you something that doesn't, like, it didn't resonate with me when he said it. And I'm like, that's that's my knowing, being like, "Mm, no. Right. Like right. we, we don't have to, you know, blindly, I always tell people too, with any astrology, human design, be curious, but also have a bit of discernment, you know, take, take what resonates, mm-hmm. leave what, leave it doesn't. Cause it's, it's for fun. But when we start fixating on outcomes based off of it, it's like, okay, we got to take a step back.
1: <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm just, I'm, I think one of my roles here is to just really empower people. Mm. You know, to realize that you are so much more powerful than you realize. And if you need a little support from system structures, guides, journeys, plant medicine, that's great. And in the end, it's still up to you. It's like gather the data and then sit with you with all the information.
0: Mm. That's beautiful. Have you done plant medicine, by the way?
1: we yeah, have i just <laughs> thanksgiving i can't, i did a one week yeah three nights with mama ayahuasca really and yeah was it cool it's a journey <laughs> she's no joke i'll say
0: that see so, yeah it's it, you know what i i respect no joke the heck out of you but it's not for me
1: <laughs> yeah Sorry. it's not for me <laughs> <laughs>
0: So you're like, are you like done after
1: that? Um, You know, like I have a feeling she'll call maybe once or twice more in my lifetime. But you know, like I have a lot of people in my world where like they go once a year, like it's their world, like it's that's their thing, Mm -hmm. and it's that's not me. You know, like so I have so much respect for the people where it is their thing. Oh, because it is not easy. It is not. (laughs) <laughs> Not easy. So yeah. I haven't I came back with just like so much reverence for people that are called to that path because that is a strong path. Whew. Strong healing path.
0: Yeah. I like being I'm gonna I'm gonna my sober girl era right now. I don't know, Great. I don't know if you've seen, been following my journey, but first of my life, like no nothing, no no edibles, no not right. nothing, not even CBD, like I am um, no alcohol, no, nothing, no nothing, no nothing. i I was even like I used to dabble microdose. obviously, I did mushrooms, and that did not go well because i I took too much one time, and then you're you're done after that. <laughs> <laughs> then you're out. But I just am feeling so good and so clear right now that yeah. Yeah. there was a time where I was like really drawn to ayahuasca. I was like, oh, I would totally do that. and then. I took mushrooms once and it was like so intense for like eight to ten hours. It was just so long. I was just like, oh my it's a journey. It's such a journey. And you're just like, I just literally want to feel sober again. Like the whole time. I was like, I just want to be sober right now. Like I I also I think that that's I don't know. I have a lot of friends who work in the Akashic Records too, and they're like, Don't do it. You're too open. You're too sensitive. Like there are some people that maybe need to be cracked open. I'm like, listen, I already, I already been cracked open.
1: (laughs) I cracked. I cracked. I cracked. Okay. (laughs) It has been cracked. I don't need a hammer. I do not need to add a hammer (laughs) to this crack. I'm open. Yeah. Some people do need that. Some people that is their version, you know? So that's what I mean. Like it's a beautiful path for a lot of people. Oh yeah. Definitely.
0: Yeah. And that's the only thing. Like if you feel called, follow the call.
1: If you don't feel called,
0: don't let anybody pressure you. That's how, you know, Right. we're here. We're here to experience all of things. And I do want to experience all the things. And you know what? Maybe in five, 10 years, who knows? I I told you, I'm a curious cat. I could feel the call, but for now, for now, she's in her sober, grounded area.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Sobriety is the drug. Sobriety is the drug. (laughs) <laughs> it's not good good because y- you don't drink to do you I don't drink no
0: yeah i uh I d- you're in my dream like a year ago, this was so random, but you were in my dream. It was like a few months after my session and we were like dancing and hula hooping together in Austin. I was like, I just like know we'd be friends. Like, I'm just so sad. There's <laughs> distance between us.
1: now it's getting further.
0: No, you're getting further away. I'm like, yeah, we were just like dance, like rave dancing and hula hooping. And I was just like with Leo. It was so random. Like I, I Checks I, out. I, I'm like, that feels,
1: yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that feels right. That feels That's, good. That checks up. Well, well, maybe Bali's in your future.
0: I, I feel it is. I, I would love to go to Bali. I see it. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, well, we're going to bring you back on because I want to go probably deeper in hypnotherapy and I want to know more about Bali as you get further rooted because you've only been there for 25 days, 26, yeah. 27. <laughs>
1: yeah. I'm fresh. You're
0: fresh, but you're glowing. So I know it's working. <laughs> She's um, doing her thing. Okay, Leo, tell everyone, you know, what you're up to. Pimp yourself out. Please tell us all the things.
1: Yeah. I have recently finished my brand new website. Go check it out, restorative-hypnosis.com. And my Instagram is restorative hypnosis. That's where I'm usually mostly active, although I'm in a season of. Incredible inconsistency. It's okay. Honestly, I'm loving it. I don't have an ounce of guilt or weirdness about it. I used I used to, but I'm like, I'll show up when I'm ready to show up. Like I'm not going to give some half. I'm not going to add to the clutter of the interwebs. I'm like, I'll come back because I always come back. But it's taking (laughs) me a minute. (laughs)
0: Listen, when I, when I moved to Florida, I kind of lost my way for a bit on social media because I wanted to do more spiritual content. Fashion wasn't really lighting me up. I just, I don't go like a week post like once a week. Like, I mean, I just said, I don't really have anything to say right now. So I'm just going to sit down and shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah. It happens. Yeah. But your level of consistency, I look at your stuff and I'm like, but I'm not worthy. <laughs> I'm not worthy of <laughs> all I know how much effort, how many things, the editing and the filming and the the out. I'm like, wow. It's a lot. This girl deserves an award. <laughs> I'm like some days I'm like, I think I do a lot. Then I look at your page and I'm like, I am a a blimp. <laughs> I am one percent in the ethers of what ag is through, oh. but it feels authentic like it doesn't have this underlying frequency of like i gotta put this out otherwise i'm behind like i i know you probably more intimately than other people i've had the you know pleasure of taking a peek inside the house mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and this truly is your genuine nature like this is <laughs> you like output energy high voltage up an atom so like yeah, your social media reflects that and it's not me. So I'm just I'm so in awe of oh. people that are on that flow, so keep doing that.
0: Well, thank you for those beautiful words. I appreciate that. But also, yeah, I mean, that's 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 your knowing is trusting that I show up when I show up and that's those are the those are the interactions that move the needle versus you forcing it every single day. Like I tell people, I'm like right. if you're showing up with the right energy, Don't listen to the algorithm or all those things. Like, like Yogananda said, traveling at the worst dates based off of astrology. That's like, Oh, don't post this time because it's a bad window of the algorithm. No, if it's a great post, it's going to, it's going
1: to, it's going to hit.
0: People are going to share it.
1: It's going to reach the right person. Right. So
0: anyways, I, I, I give you permission, Leo, to take your time and dance around barefoot in Bali. <laughs>
1: hula
0: hoop. <laughs> hula hoop. Hula hoop for me, please.
1: <laughs> I will.
0: <laughs> okay. Well, everyone, check out Leo's page. I've done a session with him and I can personally say there is no one that I I am being very protective of my audience, all of my babies at AGU. I'm not just going to send them into any you know, energy worker or hypnotherapist or anyone that I haven't personally sat with. So so just know <laughs> that, that bringing Leo on, he has our absolute AGU stamp of approval, blessing. He's, he's an angel. You've got to go, just go to his page just to look how beautiful he is. He looks like an archangel. So I know we're safe.
1: <laughs> we are surrounded. <laughs> yes.
0: He's like literally sitting right now in a window with like a sunbeam on. him, like, he's like got a
1: halo on. I'm like, perfect. And it's raining too. I'm like, not on me.
0: <laughs> not on me. Just sunshine. <laughs>
1: yeah. Sorry. No clouds. Over oh. me. <laughs> okay, Leo, thank you so much for all your information. Such a joy. I love you. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. As always,
0: I just wanted to say thank you so much for tuning in. If you feel so called or if it feels aligned, I would love for you to leave me a review here. I always love reading your beautiful thoughts and messages. And also you can find me at Anna Grace Newell on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. And I will link all of my courses, Age University course curriculum. In the show notes, along with if you're interested in booking an Akashic Records reading with me, my scheduling link goes out in my newsletter. It goes out once a month and it's completely free. I would love to have you there. As always, I'm a proud professor and you get an A plus for making it all the way through the end. Love you.